0: everyone. Welcome to Just Jana, a podcast where each month I'll speak to a variety of industry leaders to bring you education, trends, and relevant topics in franchising. I'm your host, Jana Bailey, CEO of FranNet. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Just Jana. I have with me three friends. This may be one where you hear a lot of giggling in the background because there are three friends that are very close and enjoy picking at each other. So here we go. This particular group, the reason I brought them together today is they have been honored to be named some of the best brokers in the country. And I'm absolutely thrilled with their recognition. I already knew they were some of the best in the country. So I'm going to have each of them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about their background, how long they've been with FranNet, and, and some of the things that they do that help make them the best brokers in the country. So I'll start first off with Amanda Berry, our franchisee from Louisville, Kentucky. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Jana. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being here. Of course. So, um,
1: yeah, as Jana said, my name is Amanda Berry. I'm the FranNet franchise owner and franchise consultant for the Kentucky market. I'm based out of Louisville. Been with FranNet for about five years. First as a client that went through the process myself, then as an employee, and then eventually as an owner. I just love the concept and the company that much and and our mission and what we do here in helping people find Um, they're perfect business fit. So something that's very close to my heart. I absolutely enjoy doing it, been doing it for a while now and uh, couldn't find a better, happier franchise to be a part of. I'm very honored to be uh, recognized in that way. So thank
0: you. Well, thank you, Amanda. And I'll be back to you in a moment, Blake.
2: Yes, so Blake Martin, uh, franchise owner in the Heartland. So we're called FranNet of the Heartland. That's Nebraska and Western Iowa. Yes, I'm going into my sixth year as a FranNet franchise owner.
0: Wow. That doesn't seem possible. It's amazing to me how fast the time goes with you guys. I feel like you've all just been with us, you know, a short amount of time. So, Blake, will be coming back to you. Miss Emily Anderson. Hi, my name is Emily Anderson, and I am with FranNet
3: in the Pacific Northwest. I personally work with candidates here in Oregon and Idaho. I've been with FranNet for nearly 10 years. I started uh, doing some business development for our West Coast team and then moved into the consultant role after just a couple of years.
0: Well, we're thrilled to have you with us, Emily. So I'm going to come back around to you. Amanda, I would like for you to tell us, your experience in franchising or your experience prior to franchising and why did you feel like this was the right fit for you?
1: Uh, This is one of my favorite stories to tell because my path to franchising um, I think is actually pretty common but also one that is not widely known if you haven't gone through the process yourself. So I started actually in the federal government. I used to work for the Veterans Benefits administration administering veterans or administering benefits to veterans everything from compensation to education benefits uh, part of that was also vocational rehabilitation and employment helping veterans find their next career um, options after service and I loved my mission I loved my job I loved what I did but after about 10 years I was kind of looking for something different um, and that's when I moved into the franchising space first as someone that was just curious about that as a potential business model I had always thought about owning a business, but I had never considered franchise ownership uh, in general, because I didn't I didn't really understand that it was you know not just fast food, as <laughs> a lot of people do. Um, and when I found Fran at first as as a client, the process that my consultant took me through to help me understand where I wanted to go with my career goals was really the same thing that I had been doing with my veterans all along for the last ten years. It was just in a different in a different industry it was in a different um, it was really more about entrepreneurship than just finding their next career and that to me was really exciting and really interesting so 2017 i jumped headfirst into the franchising world having no prior experience i had experience helping people figure out their next move but i had no experience in actual franchising itself um, until then uh, it was definitely a sink or swim moment tried to learn as much as i could uh, going through all of the courses and of course learning from my franchisor all the things that I, I needed to know to, to help my clients now do the same thing that I did, um, but it was a really I, while I'm relatively new to franchising, and that it's never something that I had considered before. It is it has been an absolute amazing journey, and I've really really enjoyed it um, so far. And I really love the aspect of of helping people that were just like me and helping my veterans in just a different way, um, in, in just kind of continuing that that servant leadership and that. Um, that ability to help them find what is next in life. It doesn't always have to just be a next job. It can be a next, it can be a next dream. It can be a next business.
0: Amanda, you've definitely taken to the franchise industry and we're thankful that you did. You've, You've been a real asset to FranNet. Blake, you have some background in franchising quite a bit. So would you tell everybody a little bit about your background and what brought you to FranNet?
2: Be happy to. And I don't appreciate having to follow Amanda's story, but I'll I'll go anyways. So yeah, I I uh I fell into the franchising industry. I think like a lot of people that end up in the franchising field, I started in the home care industry years ago, back when that was just a little cottage industry, and we began developing and growing that business. And stumbled upon the franchising model as a way to grow and expand the business more effectively. So it was induction by fire for me, turning a a small business into a franchise system. And fortunately, I was given lots of grace along the way and learned every lesson there is to learn by banging my head against the wall multiple times. That launched a career of about 16, 17 years on the, on the home office side or national brand side of franchising. Did a lot of different things in franchising, uh, compliance, some marketing, uh, some international franchise business. And after those 16 or 17 years, uh, honestly, Jana, I, I'd kind of drank enough of my own Kool-Aid. For years, I've been telling people and coaching them on how wonderful it is to be a small business owner and particularly to be in business for yourself, but not by yourself as part of a franchise system. So I started thinking, I need to get into this myself. And, and I realized through assistance from a franchise broker coach, I realized that uh, the part that I always liked was coaching people through the process of, do I want to be a business owner? And if so, what kind of business owner? And, And as Amanda said, went through my own process that I know I'll help people through. So lo and behold, I became a a local small business owner as as part of a franchise brokerage.
0: That's wonderful. And you've brought that experience and shared with your fellow FranNetters, helping them add to their understanding of how someone can make that transition as well. So thank you, Blake. Emily, you've been with FranNet the longest. So you want to tell us a little bit about your background, how you got to FranNet, and I guess what's kept you around for 10 years.
3: Yeah, you bet. And I feel like I was just blessed when I came across FranNet through the back door. A little bit about me, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. Uh, My grandfather started a business and ran that. My father had his own business. So growing up, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household, um, and I witnessed Uh, my father, you know, having his own business, I had a stay at home mom, I had never witnessed or experienced anything like needing to get permission to take a vacation, you know, the way it is in corporate. And so um, as I grew up, and I started to be exposed to kind of the corporate life, I was just in shock. I always had an entrepreneurial spirit, I actually ran my own business for about four years in my 20s. And I got to the point with that when I needed to scale or bail. Um, Knowing what I know now, I can look back and see, well, no wonder it wasn't a fit for me because of many ways that we educate people on finding their fit. And uh, fast forward, I met a gentleman who happens to own most of uh, FranNet on the West Coast. And I thought that franchising was supersizing America. I thought it was slinging the $5 footlong. long. And I thought, I don't want to be a part of that, but I really like this guy. I trust his integrity. I trust his character. I think I would enjoy working for him. And so I had a little bit of a conflict and I ended up meeting some of the people that he placed in business. And I thought, if I'm going to work for this organization, I need to feel like it aligns with who I am and what I'm all about. And so I went around Portland and I started visiting local franchise owners and they would tell me about their career in corporate and how they worked with Frandet, and now they own their own small business. And I could see how happy they were. And this is no joke. These are people that worked with Blair Nickel. And both of the business owners that I met with, as I was leaving, they said, please tell Blair, I said, hi, and please tell him, I said, thank you. And when I, when they both said that same thing verbatim, I went back to Blair and I said, do you know how you've changed these people's lives? And I would repeat to him the stories that his past clients said to me. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to help people transform their lives. And, um, and I, I've, I've just never looked back. Now it's just such an honor to play that role and get to facilitate that with others.
0: Well, I love hearing each of your stories again. I've known some of your backgrounds, but it, and it does my heart good to see you all light up like you do when you talk about the roles that you play. So I'm going to jump over to more about the topic today, you all being named one of the top brokers in the country. So Amanda, I'm going to ask you, what do you think makes you successful as a franchise consultant? And basically, how do you define success? What What is successful to Amanda? Oh, goodness. Um, I think
1: one, what makes me successful is I've done it myself. I've gone through this process. I know that whenever we do our educational series um, with our clients, that we talk about the different ways to go into business. At this point, I've done all the ways you can go into business. I've bought existing businesses. I've started them, uh, started them from scratch. I've I've obviously um, bought into a franchise. So having gone through all of them, I think it's, I'm a, I'm a person that learns by doing. Um, And once I do something, I'm one of those people that then likes to turn around and say, Hey, you all, I figured it out. Let me tell you all about it. Um, So I think that that absolutely helps with the success. It's not just, how exciting this opportunity is or how awesome it is to be a business owner. But I felt those same fears of, Oh my gosh, what do I do if the economy crashes tomorrow? What do I do if I can't find any customers? What do I do if I can't, if I need to take out a loan, how do I, how do I navigate that? Um, Having done all of that myself, I think really, really helps me relate to my clients a lot, helps them navigate that process themselves. um, And then also just help tell them about certain pitfalls or, even maybe even some exciting things that they might not have thought of when they look at business ownership and franchise ownership. And uh, for me, just defining success is helping someone figure out where they go next. Um, it's not always business ownership. It's not always franchise ownership. And that's OK. I, I love my, my clients and the people I work with. And as long as I can um, leave them better than I found them, that's what I've dedicated my, my prior Um, career too. That's what I continue to do in the business that I am now is it's really helping an individual or family focus in on, okay, well, what is it? Why are we here? What do we want? Is this a vehicle to get us to where we want to go? I mean, are we, are we going to enjoy it along the way? And it's just, it's wonderful to see that light happen when I work with someone and they, they go from not thinking they can do something to, oh no, there are options that are right for me to, hopefully I'm attending your grand opening or I'm helping you find a different situation than where you're at. Um, and that, that's really been how I define success, not just for myself, but for, for those that I help. And I really love that part of what I do. I, 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 if I could bottle that up, that would that's just my, the
0: best thing about what I do every day. Thank you, Amanda. Blake, how about you? What, what makes you successful as a franchise consultant? And how do you define success for yourself?
2: Well, trying not to replicate what Amanda said again, because you keep making me follow her. <laughs> it, here's I'll let what you I, go
0: first next time, Blake. Sorry, Blake. <laughs>
2: here's, what I'll, here's what I'll supplement, what she said. Here's how I'll supplement. First, I say, okay, so I, I am currently a local franchise owner. And prior to that, I was a owner, So I've sat on both sides of the table and I have made every mistake there is to make in the franchising field. And so if nothing else, I certainly hope that my clients who I work with, who are trying to decide whether or not to start a new business, can learn from my mistakes and my successes and, and be coached based upon the things that I've learned through some of those painful experiences. The other thing I would say is in regards to success, you know, when Emily was talking a minute ago about her experience with Blair Nickel and the clients, it sent a little chill up my spine because I'm fortunate enough that I'm in a market where it's a smaller metro, right? And we see each other a lot. And by we, I mean my alumni clients who have helped start businesses. And fairly often, I do get that opportunity, that privilege where I interact with somebody who I've helped start a business and, and they say thank you or they comment on they've been able to take control of their time. They spend more time with their kids. They can take vacations when they want to. And you want to talk about something that motivates you to continue getting up every day and work as hard as you can. On the working as hard as you can part, without question, uh, one of the things that's helped me be successful in this role is continuously trying to improve on my listening skills when I'm working with clients and trying to help them identify what's important to them in in a major life decision, which which is what business ownership is, whether it's the first time or the 10th time they've started a business. And being very acute about understanding what really makes them tick and what they need in order to experience success with business ownership. I would say those are probably the two most important qualities, the listening and the understanding. I'm trying to get better at it every day.
0: Well, you're doing a great job. You've you've made a lot of people. um, You've helped a lot of people. uh, Jordan, just back that up I'll start here. Blake, you've helped a lot of people be successful in your tenure with Franet, And I'm sure that will continue. And your style of working with people is so laid back and no pressure. And just everything about you says you're comfortable with whatever they decide. And that's what it's all about. I'm really proud to say all three of you, there is no pressure in what you do with people. You are the true role model for being consultative and caring. So Emily, what makes you successful and how do you define success in your role? Well, it's hard going
3: after Amanda and Blake as I was listening to each of you I was just nodding my head emphatically. I'm reminded there was a gentleman I met with several years ago who was thinking about working with me and I think I felt like he was testing me, which is great. I'm glad he was vetting me before he started working with me. And he asked me somewhat skeptically, said, how many people have you put in business? And I told him, I will gladly tell you how many people I've put in business. And I'm guessing you're asking me that question because you want to know how good I am. But I don't based on how good I am at this, based on the number of people I've put in business. Because if I've put a thousand people in business, and it was not in their best interest, and they were not happy or successful, then I don't consider myself successful. So I consider my success based on the success of my clients. And success is really subjective but it's really about, are they reaching their goals? Whether it's having more flexibility in time with their kids or preparing for retirement. Everybody's goals are different, Uh, but my success is completely defined by their success. And I echo what Amanda said is, success doesn't necessarily mean saying yes to business ownership. Success is what is the next best step for you. And not all of my clients. I become pretty close with a lot of my clients. I get a lot of Facebook friend requests when we're done with the process. Whether they buy or not, and I love it. And uh, and just having been able to serve them and assist them with the next chapter in their life feels successful. Uh, But I will say, I'd be remiss to say that when I was at a conference where I got to meet some of our franchisor partners. And the franchisor found out that I placed, you know, a certain franchisee with them. And I saw the franchisor light up and say, oh, my gosh, you brought us Audrey and Tony. Or, oh, my gosh, you brought us Gabe and Renee. And the franchisor was just exuding so much joy and appreciation for the candidate I brought to them was so reassuring because I knew that my candidates were in great hands and that were being seen and celebrated in their franchise model. And it, I mean, just even sharing that story right now just fills my cup. Such a blessing to be able to play this small part in people's lives.
0: The only regret I have about this being a voice only podcast is the audience cannot see the three of you light up when you're telling these examples of why you love what you do, because you three just I'm getting cold chills watching. You remind me of why I love this job and why I continue to be in this position. So thank you all. So I'm going to start with Blake. Oh, I complained enough
2: to get first?
0: Yes. You smiled enough and just lit lit (laughs) up the camera. So what is the benefit of working with a FranNet consultant? So our audience is obviously hearing now your commitment. So this question may be redundant to them at this point. But what would you say is the benefit of working with a FranNet consultant?
2: That's a really good question. I'll try to start with a few of the things that, that maybe people don't think of right off the bat particularly if they've never researched franchise opportunities before. So my first response to that would be, uh, we help you cut to the front of the line with executive decision makers who are part of top performing franchise systems. And so part of our process is, well, put it this way, right? If you, if you go out to a portal or to, and, and Google, uh, send me top performing franchises, look out, <laughs> Because it's like typing on the internet, sell me some health insurance. You will be (laughs) bombarded. Your inbox will crash. And that's because it's such a broad, busy category, franchising is. There's more than 4,000 different franchises out there in the U.S. now, right, Jana?
0: Yep. You're exactly right.
2: And they can't all be top performers. So what we do, what our home office does, is to vet and filter and screen all day, every day, who are the top performing franchises out there? And top performing doesn't just mean that they generate the most income for the franchise system or that they have the most locations. It means they validate happy, fulfilled, profitable, locally owned franchises. And we identify those. And then we do our job and take our obligation seriously to try to match you up with those that meet the criteria that are consistent with your goals and priorities when we compare you to their top performing franchisees within these top performing systems. So that's what I mean by cutting to the front of the line. And we do that for free. So I'll leave that softball up in the air for the ladies to respond to. All
0: right. Well, I'm going to flip over to Emily. So you only have to follow Blake this time. Um, What advice would you give someone that is looking to buy a franchise? Of course, I get this question.
3: I would, before I start giving them advice, I would probably ask them some questions. Such as, you know, what is going on with them in their life right now that is, inspiring or prompting them to invest in a business. Uh, What are they looking to achieve through owning a business and achieve? Sometimes people immediately think of, you know, an income or an amount, Uh, but the, the benefit of owning a business is not only the income, but the autonomy and the sense of fulfillment and And Blake was saying something earlier about, you know, getting up in the morning, just loving what you do. So I would ask them, hey, if you're thinking about buying a franchise, what do you love doing? What gets you up in the morning? And I know some people focus on skill sets and core competencies, which is really important, but just because I'm good at something doesn't necessarily mean I feel called to do it. So what calls you, what drives you, what gives you a sense of purpose? And how can we take, what do you already know how to do? What are you already good at? What calls you? And how can we package that into finding your best fitting business?
0: That is fantastic. Thanks, Emily. Amanda, what are the most common misconceptions people have when it comes to franchise ownership? Ha. <laughs> So I'll tell you the two I had
1: immediately. Um, so when I was a client and, and it was actually someone who's helping with my resume, because um, I knew I was looking for a different jobs, said, I think you should see a franchise consultant. I said, no, thank you. I don't want to own a fast food restaurant. And I do not have a million dollars because that's what I thought you needed. I thought you needed a million dollars, which I clearly did not have working for the government. <laughs> and I thought it was all fast food and um, sandwiches and I had worked in fast food when I was in high school and I will never do that again. So um, those are the two biggest ones that I come across all the time that are absolute myths. I mean, clearly I own a franchise that is in neither one of those things. Um, I think, you know, Blake said it earlier, 4,000 different franchises across 90 different industries. Uh, There's a little something out there for everyone, um, which I love. And then the third myth that I hear the most that I think I also embody the most is you have to have experience in that industry. Um, That was actually my biggest dream killer. When I thought about what business do I own, if I what if I wanted to work for myself, what would I ever do? And it was always, well, Amanda, what is your what what would you do? I'm not a doctor, I don't I not own a practice. I'm not a lawyer. You know, I thought you had to be a very you had to have a very specific skill set that had to do with the business you were going to run. I did not understand that the thing that your business does for your customer isn't necessarily the role that you take on as a business owner. Um, and that when I finally understood that. That there were possibilities out there beyond fast food, beyond something I had a degree in um, that really opened up the whole world of entrepreneurship for me. And that's what I really love when I talk to my clients. I specialize in putting people into a business they have never thought of, never heard of, never even considered before. Um, And they're rock stars in their current and their franchise systems. And that is probably the biggest, the big three that I go over the most and that I hear the most and that I personally thought.
0: That's great. Well, you know, I'll I'll share something that um, two of you don't know about. But the other night, Amanda had a retirement party for the Franetter that she actually bought the business from, and listening to Tom talk about his twenty five years with Franetter and in this business, and talking about how hard it's going to be for him to not be doing this every day. And then coming back with statements to me like, Jana, can I still come to the meetings when they're in Louisville? And uh, don't be surprised if I just drop in on you all at the home office. And you know, talking about FranNet and the franchise clients he's placed through the years are family. And this is his you know, legacy and and him feeling very sad about leaving. Of course, I said, you don't have to retire. I think Amanda said that to him about 100 times. But the retirement party was filled with people he had put in business that came to wish him well in his next chapter. So when I go to events like that and hear those stories and hear your stories, it just reminds me that what we do is not... A job for us, that this is a true commitment and a calling. So I doubt there's anyone listening to this podcast that has a doubt in their mind why the three of you have been voted as some of the top consultants in the country. And I can say I'm very proud that you are FranNet consultants. So with that, I'm going to thank each of you for your time today and thank everyone for joining us for this episode of Just Jana.